The groan echoed through the small house, every note of it filled with pain and helpless fury. Katrin tossed her cloak on the hook near the front door and rushed toward the room she was certain the sound was coming from. Her heart pounded with fear for her family as she cursed herself for leaving them alone. She never should have given in to her friend Anne's pleas to join her at the morning salon on the servant's day off. She certainly should have never lingered there as long as she had. She found her father on his knees in the library, one hand on the settee as he struggled to get to his feet. Katrin ran to his side to help him stand and then urged him to sit down on the settee. Blood stained his pale cheek as it seeped from the side of his head, the red of it stark against the white of his hair. The knuckles on his right hand were scraped and his left eye was already swelling. A quick look around the room revealed a knocked-over table and a smashed vase. Who would attack her father? The man was just a quiet, somewhat reclusive scholar. A demand to know what had happened burned her tongue with the need to be uttered, but she bit it back. Her father needed tending to first, the dazed look in his grey eyes telling her that he was not ready to answer all her questions, not even the one now screaming in her mind, where is my son? Katrin quickly dampened her handkerchief with a little of the spring water her father always brought to the city from their country home and kept in a decanter on his desk. Her heart still twisted with fear, she gently bathed the blood from his face. By the time she was finished, his wound did not look quite as bad as she had thought it was, and his eyes had cleared. The first words he spoke chilled her to the bone. He took Alwyn. Who took him, Papa? She asked, although she already had a very good idea of who would commit such a crime against her. Morris. He took the damp handkerchief from her hand and held it against the small wound on the side of his head. He and some hired brute came into this house, marched right into this room whilst I was reading a story to Alwyn, and demanded that I give him the lad told the man he was a daft fool and to get out. Then we had us a tussle, and I lost. She could see how that shamed him, and patted his knee. It was two men against one, Papa. I know with all my heart that you did all you could to stop him. Now I will do what I can. Lewis Griffin looked at his daughter, his only child, and wished he had shot Sir Maurice de Warren a long time ago. Since her husband, Henry, had died nearly two years ago, life had become one vicious, unending battle with the man's younger brother over who should have control over the heir, her son, and all the riches the little boy now had claim to. The months of strife had left them all weary and angry. It was clear to see that the fight over Alwyn had now turned truly dangerous, and it hurt him to be of so little help to her when she needed him so badly. I should be the one to fight this, he muttered. Tis my place, as the man in this family, as the head of this house. Ah, papa, she said as she sat down next to him and kissed him on the cheek. 
You have been fighting, and doing a fine job of it, fighting since the moment Henry took his last breath. And as soon as I get Alwyn back home with us, where he belongs, you will be fighting again. Now it is my turn to take up the fight. I will go after Morris and retrieve my child. It will not be easy. Do not forget how they took him from us. This was an attack. He demanded, and when I said no, he attacked. He came prepared to fight us for the boy. I think Morris has lost his mind, most probably when he lost the last court battle to be named Alwyn's guardian. I ne'er considered Morris a very clever fellow, but I did not think he could ever be as lack-witted as this.